is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Recent vaccine mandates for public workers have led to anger, some backlash. Most vocal opponents seem to be police officer unions. San Francisco deputies have even threatened to quit if they're forced to get vaccinated. We'll look at that. We don't always have bad news. Vaccination rates are slowly moving up. I see what you did there. New job numbers are in, showing the economic recovery. Moving along, is it quick enough? Actually, my mouth stopped working, but (laughs) uh, the the Olympics are almost over with no major COVID problems for the athletes. How did they do it? We start, though, with the police unions resisting the vaccine mandates. With us, Timothy Williams, retired LAPD detective, police procedures expert. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on the pushback? Well, the thing is, is this. Um, You are a public servant and you're exposing the, the people you're protecting and serving to a, a pandemic because uh, you haven't protected yourself from that. And I'm, I'm a strong proponent of getting uh, a vaccination, and you should protect yourself and protect the public that, you, that you're dealing with as well as your family because you're going home to your family every night. And you look at the nationwide deaths as of August of this year of officers who have died from this thing nationwide is 528 and, and 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 my thinking is that, or you know, the question that arises: How many of these 528 individuals who died or were preventable if they had taken the COVID-19 uh, um, vaccinations? So the thing is that this is this is this is not an emotional issue to deal with. This is a life and death situation to deal with, and you got to make some. Um, um, coherent and responsible decisions in this particular area. You look at the courts. The courts have taken a very strong position, uh, and their staff, if they don't get vaccinated, they came out at the believe in today's paper in L.A. Times. You know that uh, they will be terminated. So this is very, this is very serious stuff, and I think they need to be responsible for their actions in that particular area. So I, I'm curious, uh, your thoughts on, uh, you know, in fairness to the police de- to police departments, uh, they certainly are not the only groups that seem to have a, uh, an objection to mandatory vaccinations. I mean, they're healthcare workers that are, and so they're, you know, they're not alone. That said. There does seem to be an unusually high number of police organizations that are opposed to this, as they were often opposed to uh, enforcing various uh, mandatory mask uh, regulations that went into effect around the the state and around the country. Why is that, do you think? What what is it about that, uh, the mask issue, the the vaccine issue? Is it a a particular political bent that some police have? Well, I think it's, 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 it's a political bent, but then, and again, it's a leadership problem. Um, um, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of this COVID-19, but it's all based upon leadership um, and as it relates to the, the, the issues that this country is, is suffering from. So the thing is that, you know, you've got to, as a, as a leader, you've got to make decisions. You've got to make strong decisions. It's not a popularity contest. Your decisions have got to be made on the best interests of your subordinate employees. Um, and, and again, there's discussion with the military. The military is, 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 is going to, um, I, I believe, is going to address this and has, will be addressing this and making it mandatory for the, for the active as well as reserve personnel to get these, these vaccinations. 
as it was when I was in the military at, at the time. You had to require to get certain vaccinations or to protect yourself and to stay in the military. And is that something that these you know chiefs can point to and say, hey, you know what? They're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I, we did a story about the military and vaccination rates a long time ago, and, and there was something that, that was said on the air, and it was one idea is, is there's so much in that where you're told what to do that this is one thing you can choose. So some guys are saying, you know what? This is a don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to get the vaccine. But now, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, it's going to be mandatory. So they are going to get the vaccine. Yeah, the thing is that if you don't, then 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 you have an option. You can either stay or leave. And if you stay, if you want to stay, then you get the vaccine. If you don't, you can leave. So the thing is that you know, I'm 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 my, my position is very strong because number one, um, uh, this the, the this 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 pandemic you can you can die from. Number two, you come in contact with people, citizens that you are bound to protect. You may be giving them a virus, and they're dying from it. So the thing is that, you know, and, and we have, this country has made this a very political issue from the onset, and it, and it shouldn't be. I, I was, I was I'm, I'm older to know polio when that first came out, uh, that the vaccine, and, and the nation got the polio vaccine, and it, and it kept a lot of people, um, a lot of people from being those, in those iron lungs. Do you think that the threat is a real one up in San Francisco, uh, that the sheriff's deputies, the association anyway, is saying that, uh, you know, if there are mandatory vaccine, uh, you know, for uh, COVID, you're going to see mass resignations. Do well, you think that's going to happen? Well, if, if, they, if they do a job action, just a mere fact that they're going to do a job action is subject to their employees from, from, um, from being terminated. Um, uh, those that's basically all across the country for for law enforcement. Uh, uh, but the, the second thing is that if they want to go, then then the city's got to be prepared for a mutual aid approach and getting and getting uh, and getting folk in. When I say folk, law enforcement personnel in to do what needs to be done. So if if the leadership is sitting on their hands and waiting to see what's going to be done, shame on them. They should be putting things in place now. So if something like that happens. They can have mutual aid in place so that uh, the citizens will not be subject to lack of law enforcement, but, but they will still get the services that they need, even though uh, personnel are, re- are resigning in mass. Timothy Williams, retired LAPD detective and police procedures expert. It's not all doom and gloom. Vaccination rates are up across the country, as in all 50 states. The national rate of Americans receiving their first dose is up by more than 73 percent. Got to wonder if mandates are the reason. Dr. Brad Spellberg, chief medical officer of the L.A. County USC Medical Center. So, doctor, uh, it does sound like good news. Is it good enough? No. <clears throat> Trickling upwards is not going to cut it. We are 18 months into this pandemic. We are heading into the winter when we fully expect it will get worse. And unlike last winter, when we had two to three months to prepare to empty hospitals out to get ready for the surge and brace ourselves, our hospitals are now full with patients who have come in very sick without COVID from all the deferred care that was put off for a year. So no, that's not going to cut it. Trickling upwards is not good news. What do you think is changing the few minds that are getting changed? Is it that they realize Delta is pretty bad or is it the fear or the realization that maybe there are going to be mandates and i'm going to need this shot to go someplace you know i think it probably varies dramatically by the individual if i had to guess my guess is that a lot of it is related to people knowing someone or being related to someone who ended up getting sicker than they thought would happen 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, what we're learning is the juice is decreasingly coming out from the squeeze and that we're going to have to find other ways to get through this pandemic. Well, the other way or ways would be, I suppose, what, mandatory vaccines? Yeah, I mean, mandatory vaccination is certainly, you know, one way to increase the vaccination rate. You know, I don't think we've ever really done, you know, World War II style, you know, war bonds drive, all out media blitz, you know, that kind of a thing to change hearts and minds. We are at the hearts and minds stage here. I'm very much in, in, in favor of mandatory vaccinations. The state has issued a health order requiring all healthcare workers uh, to become vaccinated. And I think that's great. As you probably know, there have been board motions at the county supervisor level. Supervisor Solis, the board chair, has issued an executive order that all county employees be vaccinated. And there will be a vote on that on Tuesday. And that's, I think, you know, the department that I work for is fully supportive of that. I'm fully supportive of that. Those are the kinds of things that are going to hopefully, you know, get us to prevent the, you know, the next surge this winter. Let me run the uh, how frustrated are you question by you. And maybe with this as the background, think back to like April and May when when I think we thought when so many people were clamoring for the shots and the lines at Dodger Stadium were all the way down the street. And we thought, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to be out of this soon. And then fast forward to now. And here we are. And we're not out of it. Yeah, scale one to 10, it's a 12. Uh, I mean, it's just so frustrating because, you know, I, I review every COVID admission to both LACUSC and I'm also currently uh, interim chief medical officer at all of you medical centers. So that's two county hospitals. I'm reviewing all the admissions. They're all unvaccinated and they're all tragic and they're all infecting other people. And it's like, why, why, why are we doing this? This is so frustrating. Does it really bug you? I'm sure it does when you hear people say things like, well, I would get vaccinated, but I'm waiting for more information. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, it's a, like, that's it's like, what are they waiting for? Right. <laughs> that's a fastball down the center of the plate. Right. Yeah. It's certainly very frustrating. There's no more. There's no additional information needed, of course, at this point. I think that you have to listen to the message beneath the words. And that message probably differs by individual. There are people that are afraid. There are people that have received misinformation. Then there are just staunch anti-vaxxers. Very much, I would sort of say, akin to flat earthers. There's no amount of information or data that will convince people who staunchly are opposed to the concept. And one has to, or the public has to, and our policymakers have to sort out, what do you do when those are the variables you're confronted with? Brad Spellberg, Dr. Brad Spellberg, Chief Medical Officer, LA County, USC Medical Center. Doctor, thanks. The latest job numbers show the economy moving toward recovery, the country adding almost 950,000 jobs last month and the jobless rate dropping to 5.4 percent. Comes as the Delta variant has led to a COVID surge in parts of the country. KYW's Matt Leon talks to David Fiorenza, professor at the Villanova School of Business, about what's to expect moving forward. Great news. Uh, obviously, we're still in the pandemic, uh, but I think we're starting to to see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though there could be other variants that are coming up. But this is a major, major accomplishment to be able to decrease that unemployment rate and to hit almost one million jobs. Uh, that is really good, especially in the summertime when people aren't thinking about hiring. They're thinking companies are thinking about vacations. <laughs> They're thinking about slowdown sometimes in production. But this is really, really good to see. The fact that we added those many jobs, 
I, I'm happy. Uh, if it happens again, it, uh, that'll be even better for us in August. Most of the jobs, about 380000 in leisure and hospitality. Uh, not a surprise because that's where a lot of the runway was that we needed to catch up, but still good to actually see this happening. Oh, it is, Matt. You know, the leisure hospitality numbers are great. That's good for food services. It's good for all the establishments that have restaurants. It's good for uh, anybody who wants to go out and see arts and entertainment, recreation. Um, we've had some good growth. Uh, although leisure and hospitality is still down a little bit from pre-pandemic, but it's going to take time to build this back up. No one said that this economy was going to come back, or if they were saying it was going to come back in three months. I don't think they were looking at the right numbers. This takes time. And while that number, that 380,000, you can see it, I was kind of surprised to see 240,000 jobs in government. Can you shine a little light as to, to the, the, the hiring numbers there? Sure. I saw that, too, as well. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. Uh, what I saw the last year was a lot of hiring freezes in some states, some federal agencies, even your county and local governments uh, were doing a lot of freeze. Uh, let's say there was county government that wasn't meeting. They were meeting a lot by Zoom, doing work at home. Uh, it was also your summertime employment of your big cities like Philadelphia, Wilmington, other cities, Pittsburgh, uh, and throughout the country who had their summer recreation programs in full force. They didn't have that last year. You also saw the fact that your local municipalities were hiring consultants because the consultants are the ones who are going to be helping them with that American Rescue Act plan when the money was filtered down to the local levels. Um, a lot of, as I said, a lot of this has to do with job freezes over the last year. And then this year, uh, they were given the green light to go ahead and hire. What are you seeing on the inflation front? Because as much as we talk about a lot of these good numbers, still a lot of concern about inflation. Uh, what are you seeing? Well, uh, being a little bit older, <laughs> I see that. I said to someone last night in my class, I said, oh, 5% is not bad. And he almost fainted. I had forgotten that he was a young a young student, and they've never seen 5%. He said, I've never even seen 2%. I said, well, I remember back when it was double digits. So I always take a look at, at history, look at trends. Yes, 5% for a lot of people is a lot. However, wages have risen a little bit from last month to this month, about a half a percent, which is good. I'm starting to see oil trail off. So crude oil is actually down since July 1st by about 7%. And I think as we start getting back to school, you're going to see less demand in the summertime. You're going to see a spike in, in gas prices. Absolutely come August and Labor Day. But I think in the fall, you're going to see that demand um drop off. Employers are looking to bring people back. Employees are saying, I'll stay at home a little bit longer. I'll even take a little bit of a pay cut. So I'm looking at the fact that will inflation stay at 5%? Uh, the Fed is looking to raise interest rates next year, which, which will bring some of that inflation in check. Oh, I saw a number. Commerce Department said new sale, new home sales uh, were down in June, six point six percent. We've talked so much about how the housing market was uh, on fire, uh, pumping the brakes a little bit on it. A little bit. When you have increases a double digit for three or four months in a row, it's hard to sustain that. You know, it's it's like it's like a, a performer or an athlete sustaining uh, world's records or even sustaining um, you know the number of sales they have attendance at a concert. It's hard to sustain that year after year. I do think that the housing market has cooled a little bit, but it's still 
warm. Uh, it's not boiling hot, but it's still warm. Uh, talking to realtors this past week, they're still busy. Um, they finally said that in June and July, they started to do some outreach, whereas before people were contacting them. So I think we saw a big push of people who were moving across country for whatever reason. They thought, oh, I can go to Florida now and do my work from Florida since my company is not going to be calling me back. Or they said, oh, now's my chance to retire in the suburbs, my, my chance to go to the retirement village I always wanted to go to. You're seeing some of that happen as well. We talked about the inflation, and it does not, though, seem that's affecting consumer confidence, which uh, the, the consumer confidence index was actually up a little bit in July over June. Uh, so kind of tells you that maybe people are cognizant of the inflation, but they're fighting through it and still feeling pretty good. Absolutely, Matt. You know, it, it's almost as high as what it was back in February of 2020. Uh, obviously the pandemic took its toll in the consumer conference, but the spending picked up in July. And that's telling me that people are, were planning to make purchases of automobiles, major appliances in the next couple months. Uh, they're also taking a look at, at summer sales and back to school. They're even going as far as to start purchasing for Christmas at this time because they're not sure if the stocks will be available because of the supply chain for certain things such as toys, uh, electronics, computers, whatever the new gadgets that are coming out too as well. The Olympics wrapping up in a couple of days. There was concern the games would be in big trouble because of the pandemic with cancellations and possible COVID outbreaks among the athletes. Didn't happen, at least with the athletes. Um, there were some inspiring moments, too. Great performances. It is the Olympics. Michael Payne, CEO of Payne Sports Media Strategies, former marketing and broadcast director for the IOC. Uh, Michael, your experience there in Tokyo. Um, well, they've clearly been very unusual games, uh, but a miracle that they've taken place. Uh, a miracle that the Japanese organizers and the IOC were able to work through the unbelievable complexity of operationally putting them together. Um, a miracle that the IOC was able to bring 205 nations here to Tokyo uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, and we've seen the most incredible sport uh, for the athletes, a, a great sense of atmosphere uh, and a sense of relief that the games happened because they were obviously very scared that the games would be postponed. Uh, and so overall here in Tokyo, um, from a sporting standpoint, it's been a great Olympic Games, um, but obviously disappointing that the stadiums uh, have taken place without Japanese spectators. Um, and the Japanese maybe were the biggest losers in this because it was very much to be their games. Uh, but they've stayed at home and uh, watched the games in record numbers. Do you think most people are, are taking the side of, wow, they pulled it off? Or is it uh, kind of like a sad commentary where they go, oh, wow, they, they were able to pull it off? I mean, in the end, despite all the, the trouble before. No, the, the, I mean, the, the record... TV ratings in Japan, I mean, in part clearly driven by the tremendous success of the Japanese Olympic team, uh, you know, people said it was great. Uh, the bubble that was created by the IOC and the organizers to ensure that the games uh, could be held in a sort of safe and secure environment, uh, that bubble held up. Um, there were some 
positive tests within the officials and everything connected at the Olympic Village, but there's been no migration of uh, COVID from the international visitors, from the media and everybody who's come here uh, through to the Japanese public. And I think that's been understood here in Japan. Um, there was a tremendous amount of concern and paranoia um, partly fueled for political games uh, with an upcoming election prior to the opening ceremony. Uh, but once the game started, uh, everybody realized that the, the, the planning, uh, the protection for the Japanese people, uh, it had clearly worked. For a spectator, do you think it was a satisfying experience? Uh, it, it was unusual. Um, some stadiums uh, were still able to uh, have an incredible atmosphere um, because they were very small. Uh, and even swimming, where you had a lot of the uh, fellow competitors coming along and cheering their athletes along. Um, the broadcast presentation um, became much tighter on the sport. But you know, when you're in you know, a track and field stadium with normally having 80,000 people and there's maybe less than two or 3,000, um, it is unusual. Which new sports do you think works the best? Because we had, what, we had skateboarding, uh, rock climbing, surfing was in this one. They, they all had a great debut, um, but I was very privileged to attend the uh, sports climbing, and I found that absolutely amazing, uh, an incredible addition to the sports program, uh, and it's been re-elected onto the program in Paris, and I'm certain we'll see it again in Los Angeles. Uh, it was watching those athletes, the uh, the skill. I mean, for nearly everybody, it would be the first time you've seen this sport. It was truly impressive. Tell the truth. Did you think this would go off as well as it apparently has gone off? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, it's been a... a clearly very challenging year uh, after the postponement um, and I think well, nobody expected uh, initially that the uh, pandemic would still be continuing a year later uh, but when it was clear that there were new outbreaks uh, you were concerned what well, how actually would it really work uh, I think the only disappointing uh, perspective was uh, the, the battle between the politicians that uh, the governor decided that they didn't want the games to go off. The prime minister said, no, they should. The governor insisted that there should be no spectators. And it, the Olympics got caught in the crossfire of a, of a ugly political battle between the governor and the prime minister. Where are the uh, Winter Olympics? What, now we're just a year away, right? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people wish it would be a year away because they're exhausted from the delivery of these games. Um, they're only four months away or oh, five wow. months away. They will yeah, be I next so, February. Huh? <laughs> you lose track of time during all this. <laughs> That's strange to think about. Okay. Time goes by when you're having fun, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's been such a riot. Uh, Michael Payne, CEO of Payne Sports Media Strategies, uh, former marketing and broadcast director for the IOC. He's been in Tokyo over the last uh, couple of weeks. And I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to him again when the Winter Olympics roll around this winter, strangely in, in, enough. In just four months. Four months. 
Thailand is dealing with a COVID surge right about now, and it's making the penguins in one zoo pretty lonely. The country has put in restrictions which have closed zoos. A penguin specialist at a zoo just outside of Bangkok says the penguins are missing people. Oh, that's so sad. He says when they walk out of their enclosure for a splash in the pool, they're used to a lot of people waiting for them. But now the people aren't there. This is such a sad story. (laughs) He's going to stop now. It's It's too sad. This is so sad. He says the penguins sometimes stop to look around (laughs) around. as if they're wondering where all the the people have got. This this is such a sad story. I feel so badly for those penguins. Poor little guys. Wow. We'll see you soon. All right. That's the uh, Coronavirus Daily for today. Sorry to leave you on that note. Uh, This is an Odyssey original. Find us on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And if you want to help out a penguin, send us some fish. We'll get it out to them. (laughs) 